Welcome to Sense by Meg Forer, the podcast that's brought to you by ParentSense, the app that takes guesswork out of parenting. If you're a new parent, then you are in good company. Your host, Meg Forer, is a well-known OT, infant specialist, and the author of eight parenting books. Each week, we are going to spend time with new mums and dads just like you to chat about the week's wins, the challenges, and the questions of the moment. Subscribe to the podcast, download the ParentSense app, and catch Make Here every week to make the most of that first year of your little one's life. And now, meet your host. Welcome to Sense by Meg Fora, the podcast that really helps you as parents make sense of the early years of parenting. I'm your host today, Bailey Georgiadis, and today we have a very special guest on her own podcast, none other than the well-known parenting expert, Meg Fora. Meg is a renowned occupational therapist. She's a best-selling author, founder of the Sense series books, which have just been absolutely game-changing for all of us. And she provides that practical guidance on baby and child development. Meg, it is so good to be back on the show with you. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks, Bailey. I always love it when you're on the show with me so we can really get to the nitty gritties of all the questions that mums usually ask. This is my favorite time. I actually just love recording these with you. And today I am selfishly here uh, because I need all the advice that you can give me on gentle parenting. I know that it has gained a lot of attention in recent years. And as parents, we are seeking more compassion, more respectful approaches to raising our children. However, there are also misconceptions and misunderstandings about what gentle parenting truly means. So I am going to be picking your brain today. I'm going to be squeezing you like a sponge to get all your information because we need to discuss some of the common myths and the misconceptions about gentle parenting and also really exploring effective strategies for incorporating incorporating gentle discipline into our parenting practices. So Meg, we're going to start with the very, very basics. What does gentle parenting mean to you and how does it differ from traditional approaches to discipline? It's so interesting, you know, like most parent trends, and I'm going to call this a trend, it kind of becomes a buzzword, it catches on and then everybody's talking about it. But the reality with gentle parenting is that it's been around forever. It just might have been called something different. And I, I would say in the last kind of maybe 50 years, there was a type of parenting called reflective parenting. And I think it was it's very, very similar to that. You know, it's around really connecting with the inner child themselves, with the emotion behind the behavior and approaching behavior as behavior rather than as that is who the child is. So if you read up about gentle parenting, it talks about these four main elements, which is that being a gentle parent involves being empathic, having respect for your child, approaching behavior with understanding, and then having boundaries. So empathy, respect, understanding, and boundaries. Now, those are four things that are 100% central to everything that I have ever spoken about when I speak about discipline. And you and I have spoken about discipline before. Moms, if you haven't done my Positive Boundaries course, which is inside the Parent Sense app, there you would hear all about it. And it really does mm. center around this empathy, respect, understanding and boundaries. So I think it might have a new name now, it might have a new trend now, but gentle parenting has been around for a very long period of time and it's empathic parenting. The difficulty is that I think that it's starting to get a little bit of a, uh, there's misconceptions around it. And I think where things have got lost is that fourth pillar 
in gentle parenting, which is boundaries, has almost become quite blurry, a little bit gray, because there's a lot in gentle parenting that says you can't do this and you can't do that. And those are actually the strategies that you would use to reinforce boundaries. And I'm sure we're going to go into that. So I think that gentle parenting is massively valid. I think it's just reframing of what has always been there. But I think that it is also being misinterpreted and potentially being abused slightly by parents who not wanting to embark on the really tough job of positive discipline. And it is hard. Okay, well, can we just go into that? Because I have some examples where I then felt confused because how you've described gentle parenting is what I understand gentle parenting to be. But then, and I'll just give you some examples. Uh, I was at a park with my own kitties and I saw this one child who must have been about eight years old screaming at his mom, you do it, when he was asked to pick up his shoes. And she looked really embarrassed and she walked over and she's like, okay, my darling, I'll do it for you. I'll pick up your shoes. And when she looked at the other moms around, she was just like, ah, gentle parenting as if that excused it. And then I thought, well, oh my gosh, have I got gentle parenting completely wrong? We were at a restaurant the other day, kids were misbehaving so badly. And I probably am coming across as being judgy. I'm not, I, I don't mean this to be judgy. I'm just trying to understand what this is about. So I'm not sitting here with my perfect angels who are hardly looking at other moms in restaurants and going, oh, look at their misbehaved kids. But in this example, it was just that they would turn around and said, oh, well, gentle parenting, it's okay that they're literally throwing the sugar packets at the waiter and don't do that, my darling. Okay, how are you feeling about it, my darling? And I just thought, I don't know, is is this what gentle parenting is? Have we blurred the lines? I mean, you mentioned the fourth pillar of boundaries. What are some of these misconceptions about gentle parenting and, and how do we address that? Yeah, so look, I mean, I think you highlighted in both of those stories exactly where gentle parenting goes completely wrong or where leaning on gentle parenting goes completely wrong. First of all, I don't think that that is gentle parenting. I don't think whoever conceptualized the concept and whoever pushes forward the concept of gentle parenting would never say that that those are two examples of gentle parenting. Those might be examples of permissive parenting. And I think that's very important that right here and now, we kind of separate out those two pieces. So gentle Hmm. parenting has got boundaries and it also involves respect. And respect is a two-way thing. I mean, respect is, I respect you, your emotions and your need to assert your will, but you respect the fact that I'm a human being, I'm your parent, I am, I'm loving, but I am also somebody who is in a position of, and I don't want to say authority because we're going to come up to that authority word just now, but, you know, deserves respect. I'm another human being. Super permissive parenting like this doesn't recognize that the parents should have been respected in those situations. And it also doesn't recognize that there have to be boundaries. I don't see either of those scenarios as good examples of gentle parenting. I see those as good examples of permissive parenting. Now, permissive parenting is an absolute minefield. And it's particularly a minefield for children, because I think, I mean, first of all, it will fracture your relationship with your child, because you will always be disrespected. And when you have a 16 year old who shows you no respect, well, you started that off when they were two years old by doing exactly, you know, both of those scenarios would be an example of that. So, you know, it's going to fracture your relationship. It's not going to serve your child because the world is not going to permit that. So permissive parenting permits things that the world will not permit with children. You know, the world doesn't, you you might make a million excuses and allowances for your child. The world's not going to do it because they don't love your child. They're not invested in your child. So you do your child no favors long term. So permissive parenting and another reason why permissive parenting, I believe, is really a very dark hole to get into 
is that it puts the child in a position of authority or in a position that they don't really feel equipped for. Now, um, I've often spoken about, because I know it very well, the scenario of imposter syndrome. So anybody who's listening to the podcast who is a CEO of a business or who has stepped into a massive contract, or I know you've probably had it, Bailey, where you've got this incredible mm. gig, your first morning show, drive show on radio, you would have had- What am what, I doing here? What am I doing? <laughs> they think that I'm so awesome and I just don't have it in me. And that's called imposter syndrome. We all go through it. Now, can you imagine the level of imposter syndrome that a two-year-old has when a parent says, you have the authority? I mean, a, a, a two-year-old is going to really, really feel insecure. And that's because sure. two-year-olds I've never actually, thought of it like that. Wow. Two-year-olds really do need to feel like there is somebody who is the boss because they know that if they're the boss, then there's going to be trouble because they don't feel like they can actually cope with that level of responsibility. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are reasons, many, many reasons why permissive parenting doesn't serve your relationship. It doesn't serve your child. It doesn't serve their self-esteem. It makes them feel less secure. I don't think those are scenarios of gentle parenting that you've outlined there. And I think that's permissive parenting. Well, you mentioned respect. And I suppose that's the thing, balancing the need for discipline with creating that strong parent-child connection and that sense of mutual respect. But it can be really, really challenging. So how do we strike the balance in this approach to gentle discipline? First of all, it is very important when we start to talk about a strong connection is that we want to validate our children's emotions and feelings and specifically the reasons behind behavior. Instead of going in and saying, you are naughty, you might say, no, that was unkind. You know, that was th that action was unkind, not you are. So, so I think it's very important, first of all, that you want to acknowledge what, you know, rather the action behind the behavior rather than actually labeling the child themselves you also hmm. want to acknowledge the child's feelings and motivations I mean you've done my positive boundaries course and we always talk about the ABCs and the A of ABC is acknowledge so really acknowledging a child's feelings you know and that's the start of mutual respect because if I respect you I stop and I think about how you feel and then approach the next thing. And that's what we should be doing with our children is thinking about how they feel and therefore respecting those emotions. Yeah. So I think that it's very important that we do actually acknowledge the feeling behind their behavior, really, if we're going to be going down this approach. Punishment and shame are often used as disciplinary measures, but they are just not aligned with the principles of gentle parenting. So how can parents help their children understand the consequences of their actions without resorting to punishment or shame? Yeah. So, I mean, that, and that was kind of what I was alluding to at the beginning is that if you look at those four pillars of empathy, respect, understanding and boundaries, all great. But how do you reinforce the boundaries? Because if you're going to have a boundary, you've really got to have a consequence associated with a boundary. If you cross the boundary, something has to happen. Okay. When I think about gentle parenting in the most purest form, and I'm sure that if it's confusing for me, I'm, I'm guessing it must be confusing for mums as well. So now I'm supposed to have this empathy, respect, but these boundaries, what do I do when my child crosses them? Because now they cross them. Mm. Do I do what that one mum did, which is ignore it and, and you know, can I just say also that, you know, we always say gentle parenting, but when they cross the boundary, they are not being gentle in crossing boundaries or it is <laughs> exactly. never like a 
Let yeah. me take this moment to just, just recap. It's always like a whirlwind or like a bull in a china shop when those boundaries are crossed that it's like, whoa, hang on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we have to, we have got to have some sort of consequence for crossing those boundaries. I yeah. think that that's really, really important. So, so your question about how do parents kind of put in place consequences if they're not going to punish and if they're not going to shame their child. Mm-hmm. So, so those are principles also in gentle parenting. We're not going to punish and, and shame our child. How are we going to do it? So the first thing is, and I mentioned it already, I think we do need to have these firm boundaries in place because we don't want our children to have imposter syndrome. We don't want them to feel insecure. We want them to feel super secure. So we need to have these firm boundaries in place. The second step, once we've got those boundaries in place, is to give them choices. And I think that that can be part of gentle parenting where we can say, you are not going to do this, but you can choose to do this or this, which in my scenario, Hmm. I always talk about the ABCs, as I've mentioned, A being acknowledged, B being a boundary, C being a choice. And so the choice is a very important piece there because when we give our children choices, we are respecting them. So we're saying the boundary is you're not going to do that, but we can do this and we can do that. So so those are really good ways to be able to deal with boundaries, put the boundaries in place and then give your little ones a choice. Another thing that you can do if a child's crossed a boundary, so, so let's talk about the boundary of hitting a sibling. And then that's that's a clear one. I mean, if your two-year-old hits your newborn baby over the head with a can of peas, it's a problem. You know, we, we're gonna have some we're gonna have some brain damage going on here. So and it's not respectful. It's- can of peas of all <laughs> things make. <laughs> so whatever it is. So it's gonna be a problem. So we ha- we have to have boundaries yeah. around this. And so one of the ways we can deal with it is, and again falling in line with gentle parenting is to use empathic words. So we cannot hit our brother over the head with the canopies. How do you think they feel? They are sore. Look at how they're feeling. You're putting them into that position where they would feel it. So what you've done there is I've stayed within your boundary that you've given me of gentle parenting. And I've said, right, we're going to have firm boundaries. We're going to have give choices. And then we're going to have empathic words. I would like to say, however, that I do think, unfortunately, that there are times when we do need to resort to consequences. So definitely not shame. And you can reframe it as not punishment, but there do have to be consequences. And that means that if a child really crosses a line, there does need to be a consequence where you can say, right, so you have done that. And so therefore, this is the consequence. And you know, and that's unfortunately where potentially me and gentle parenting part slightly, because maybe purest gentle parenting i'm not i don't know would say there would be never be a timeout there would never be a consequence but for me life is made up of consequences if you just step out into the road in front of a car there's going to be a consequence <laughs> you're going to be dead mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know and and so, so life is made up of consequences that are just part of the natural order of things and i think children need to learn that as well that actually there's certain boundaries that you do cross that you just can't yeah well this brings me to the next question because that's the thing a lot of parents get confused about what the consequences or the boundaries or the limits should be without being overly controlling or authoritarian so how do we do that this episode is brought to us by parent sense the all-in-one baby and parenting app that help you make the most of your baby's first year Don't you wish someone would just tell you everything you need to know about caring for your baby? When to feed them, how to wean them, and why they won't sleep? ParentSense app is like having a baby expert on your phone guiding you to parent with confidence. Get a flexible routine, daily tips, and advice personalized for you and your little one. Download ParentSense app now from your app store and take the guesswork out of parenting. 
Yeah. So I'd like to just take a quick step back and just have a look at what the theory is on authoritarian parenting, because you've mentioned this without being overly controlling. And, you mm. know, I think that authoritarian parenting historically is a parenting style that involves really strict rules, very high demands and very little responsiveness. So these are the rules. This is the way it's being done. And so these are parents, you're kind of sergeant majors who prioritize obedience and discipline without really focusing in on emotional support and mental flexibility. So this is authoritarian parenting. And, you know, it, it's so interesting, Bailey, a few years ago in my practice in Cape Town, a mum came in and, oh my gosh, I still really feel her pain because she was, I wouldn't say she was necessarily subscribing to gentle parenting, but she was a very empathic and reflective parent and she was doing a great job. She was married to a man who she loved who was in the South African army. And he was a really old style, true authoritarian. And her little ones were embarking on a very scary for her journey of discipline with their dad. I mean, he was a true authoritarian parent and it was creating massive conflict in their home. And when she sketched the picture of what these little ones were going through with their dad and the type of things that came out through this authoritarian parenting, I could 100% feel her pain. I can still feel it as I speak about it now. So these little kitties lived with one-way communication. They did. There was no room for them to have an opinion. The father completely dictated what they should and shouldn't be doing. There was no room for discussion and negotiation. I really did believe that this parenting style was detrimental for the children's development. I think that it would lead to low self-esteem. They would have poor social skills and they might have difficulty making decisions because it was all just made for them. And so mm -hmm. this for me wasn't a case of nurturing discipline. This was a case of authoritarian parenting. And I think that that's a scenario that when we talk about gentle parenting, that kind of that's the monster in the room that no gentle parent wants to go to. And, and that's what we push against. And I'm on that page as well, by Thank the way. You. So you can mm. imagine that in one camp, we've got these authoritarian parenting, and then we've got on the other in the other camp, the one I mentioned earlier, which is the permissive parenting, which also is not good for little ones. But in the middle... So how do you get both parents on the same page then? Yeah, honestly, Bailey, it was a really, really tricky one. And it, I mean, it was really more one for counseling than it was for occupational therapy, which oh. is what I was doing at the time. But it was okay. certainly trying to show the dad children's emotional worlds, trying to help them to understand that you can have boundaries without being authoritative and without being such a disciplinarian and certainly without corporal punishment and hitting of children. So, you know, I think that there was a lot of work for the mom and I to do in that scenario. But what we could bring the dad round to potentially is authoritative parenting, and that's okay. And it really is very, very different authoritative parents focus in on communication and responsiveness. So they are still understanding that the child has an inner world, that the child has needs, that the child has intents, that a lot of behaviors that children do, most behaviors children do, are not naughtiness. And your authoritarian parent is going to hone in on the naughtiness. He's not listening to me, therefore mm -hmm. he's naughty. Whereas an authoritative parent will understand that there's an intent behind what the child is doing. It is important that we're not overly controlling and that we are not authoritarian in our approach. But it is just as important to understand that we can put in place boundaries. And I've always spoken about choices ahead of boundaries. So um, parents need to think very carefully about what does need a boundary and don't give boundaries to everything. Pick your battles. Something like you need to eat everything that's on your plate. Really? 
do they? Really be very careful about the battles you pick. I've often spoken about picking the health and safety battles. So pick the things that are going to cause your child, if your child's going to damage themselves, like not wearing armbands or water wings when they go for a swim, that is, that's a boundary because otherwise they're going to die, you know? Not hitting your baby brother over the head with the canopies, that's a boundary because somebody else is going to die. So you do need to really pick your boundaries and you need to really engage those boundaries very firmly. But I think you need to also then be completely almost permissive in the things that really you can let go, like whether or not they overfill the pot plant outside with water because they're fascinated with the water coming out the hose. My son used to do that all the time. I think you just need to pick your boundaries as well. Yeah. I mean, challenging behavior can feel so incredibly overwhelming, especially when you're in it. I mean, I have what I call a little three major at the moment, and we are really in that power struggle battle. He's a very strong-willed little boy, and I love that about him, but it's Mm. difficult to parent. Mm. Really difficult to parent sometimes. I just feel (laughs) like sometimes I will say black and he will say white for the sake of it, even though he wants to say white or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the effective strategies for responding to those challenging behaviors in a gentle and respectful manner, especially when that behavior is nothing gentle at all in the moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. So look, I mean, a couple of things. First of all, always before you respond to the behavior, always get into the head of the child. And this is where I I mentioned right at the beginning that there was this parenting theory called reflective parenting, and it's so similar to gentle parenting. It's getting into the head of your child ahead of responding. So like, why is he doing what he's doing? Why is he digging in his heels is the first thing. So if he's saying white for the sake of saying white, because you just happen to say black, well, then, you know, you could also say to yourself, all right, so he is a strong personality and actually look at his dad or look at me. And maybe that's where he got it from. And this might end up being his superpower as well. So as challenging as it is to me right now, this might be something that is really stands him in good stead in life. And then allowing him mm-hmm. and embracing it in the moments when you can just let it go. So if you said, eat your peas, and he said, no, anyone's eat his carrots, okay, fine. So let the things go yeah. is the first thing. And really let him be powerful. I think I think that's somewhere where I really do concur with gentle parenting is allow your kids to be powerful, respect them, and give them the leeway. But there will be circumstances with your three nature where, like, he's just pushing the boundaries just for the sake of it. Like you yesterday. Can't. Yeah, give me, a, give me an example. Not wanting to put on his car seat safety belt for the, the first time ever. We put the car seat safety belt on every time. It's non-negotiable. It's happening. And they were screaming in tears because I don't want to wear it. I'm like, my boy, why do we wear a safety belt? We wear a safety belt for our safety. I don't want to. I'm like, well, we have to. Mommy can't drive the car until you have your safety belt on. And don't you want to go home and get some popcorn and a movie? No. I'm not putting, I just sat there going, oh my gosh, I'm going to be living in the underground parking lot for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, I have to just say, Bailey, if it's the first time it's happened and he's three years old, then you're probably the only mother listening to the podcast who's who's waited till three years old because that that for me, oh my goodness, that car seat thing happened with my little ones, all three of them early on. And I mean, even if it's just that they arch their back and push their little tummies forward so you can't close it, which they often do, you're right. That's a boundary that cannot be crossed. Yeah. You have to get going. So yes, I do think responding with the logic first, and I know you don't want to wear your safety belt, but we've got to go in the car now and we need to get home. I think you handled brilliantly to say to him that there was something that he was going towards that could potentially distract him because I love distraction. I think distraction mm-hmm. is a very, very good method, particularly with little ones of just diffusing conflict where, oh, you know what? 
you know what we're going to be doing? We're going to go and have popcorn in a movie now. You know, it's not a reward for putting a seatbelt on, but that's where we're going. And actually, if his head can go there, yeah. that would be a good thing. But there certainly do become circumstances where I do think that you need to bring in really firm boundaries. So we can put the car seatbelt on gently or mommy is going to put it on anyway. We have got to do this. And so I'm sure that the parents who've enlisted gentle parenting tactics might not necessarily agree with that. But for me, when there's a line that's going to be crossed like that, it is moving ahead with your own agenda that does need to happen sometimes. Well, that's where I was left with guilt because just so, you know, I'm sure people listening will go, okay, well, what happened? But mm. for me, it ended up me getting really frustrated mm. and then shouting and going, you have to put your safety belt on. Mm -hmm. You're putting it on right now and basically just clasping it on and mm. crying and me feeling terrible afterwards. And, mm. yeah, you know, and I didn't feel anything gentle about it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and, okay. That makes me feel better. Yeah. But I didn't feel like I was yeah. gentle in that moment. No. And and I think that that's what's really I didn't important. Hurt, and you know, I, I know think what I mean. Like, I 100% know what, what you mean. And you know what else, Bailey? I think that this is such an important conversation because when we do cross those lines as moms and we go over the edge and even rant and rave and lose our cool, we compare it to this so-called gold standard of gentle parenting and we feel like we failed. Well, this is why I really wanted to have this with you because yeah. I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm trying, yeah. but then I lose my cool sometimes and then I feel like I failed and the mom guilt steps yeah, in. Absolutely. So one of the really important things, and you know, I think it's important because I think it's something like gentle parenting has been kind of put out there as a gold standard. And as we all know, gold standards don't really exist in the realm of parenting. But I think what's important to recognize is that you were a good enough mother and a good enough mother fails because sometimes she actually just has to move forward with her own agenda or actually might even, I mean, I don't think that this happened in your case, but might actually, in my case, it certainly happened. We have actually overstepped a line and I actually was just irrational. Like I can remember four o'clock on a Friday afternoon, I often have a rant with my kids because I was tired. I'd done a full week of single parenting while my husband was at work. I was at home with my kids and I was tired. I was ratty and I wasn't logical and I lost my cool. I can remember once my little boy, James, kind of looking at me and he was crying and I, and I had gone completely off tilt. I can't remember even what it was about. And he said, mommy is naughty. And I think he was like three years old. And I can remember thinking, yeah, He's identified that what I've done is I have not respected him and I have gone off pop and, and I actually I haven't been a great parent. And in that moment, what I could do was repair it because I, I really mm -hmm. hadn't behaved very well. And I'm certainly not referencing how you behaved with the, with the seatbelt. But in my case, I hadn't behaved well. I had fractured our relationship. I had fractured his trust. I had I'd broken our contract. And, but then I could repair, I could say I was sorry. And I think that that's very important that when you're, trying to, mm. when you're trying to hold on to these gold standards of gentle parenting or whatever other standard of parenting you're holding on to and these perfect standards of discipline and boundaries and whatever it is, the reality is that you're not always going to get it right. And in those moments, there's a bigger opportunity to teach children about life when you say sorry. I'm sorry, my love. I'm tired today. Sometimes mommy feels like that. And when you have those conversations from when they're little, Bailey, it opens up those conversations for when they're teenagers. And to this day, I'm able to say to my daughter sometimes, she's a teenager and oh, sometimes it can be it can be really hard. And she's she, she kind of grinds me and grinds me and she, she'll keep going at something. And I'm able to now say to her, you know what, Em, 
I'm at the end of my tether today. Like I've had a rough day. And if you keep pushing me, I'm going to go over the edge because I have got no more reserves. So can we just move into separate rooms right now? Can we just give each other a little bit of space and we'll come back when I'm feeling okay again? But I can only say that because I've been saying since she was little that, and she's seen me fail. She's seen me, she knows that I can fail. So I think that's where gentle parenting, maybe setting up those gold standards for ourselves is actually counterintuitive. It just sets us up for failure. Whereas when we do fail and we say, sorry, we're setting ourselves up for success longer term. And you're also showing your children that you too are human. Because yeah, I think we always so focus on kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, kids fail, kids fail, yeah. kids fail. No, they're not failing, they're learning. Yeah, yeah. And our kids need to see us sometimes fail slash yeah. learn too. So I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And I'm so happy that we're having this very open conversation yeah. about this because, you know, no parent is perfect. And there are times when we think, oh my gosh, I read all these things and I listen to this amazing yeah. podcast of yours, Meg, yeah. and I try and incorporate everything. And then there are days that I just don't do it very so, well or I don't do it right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I think, just so happy that we're able to yeah. have this. And I do think that these extreme, I wouldn't say extreme, but, but these polarized parenting techniques, like, and you can put anyone here, you can put attachment parenting, you can put gentle parenting, whatever. They kind of put out there that this is your gold standard for engaging with your child and for your child's emotional security. But the reality is that there are days when it's just not like that. And mm. I think it's important to recognize that we are not always going to get it right. In some ways, aside from the fact that I think gentle parenting has potentially opened up the opportunity for us for permissive parenting to be hallowed, which I don't agree with. In addition to that, it's also opened up the opportunity for maternal guilt. Anyway, such mm. an interesting conversation, Bailey. It really has been. I am so grateful to you. Thank you for your insights on gentle parenting, for debunking some of those common myths. And I think it's really clear that gentle parenting is about fostering that respectful, compassionate relationship with our children, setting those boundaries and being okay in those boundaries. It's about being kind and firm and loving. And I hope that you listening have gained really valuable insights and practical strategies to incorporate gentle discipline into your parenting practices. Meg, thank you again for today. I absolutely loved it. Thank you, Bailey. Super, super to chat. It really is. And it was a it was a thorny topic today. It's a tough one. And I'm glad yeah. we were able to kind of approach it in the way we did. So thank you for joining me too. Thank you. We'll be back next time with more valuable insights and practical tips for navigating parenthood. Until then, take care and remember to trust your instincts as you continue on your parenting journey. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks, Rayleigh. Really. Bye-bye. Thanks to everyone who joined us. We will see you the same time next week. Until then, download ParentSense app and take the guesswork out of parenting.